Hey guys, good Friday afternoon or good TGIF and happy Labor Day weekend to a lot of you guys. I know that Labor Day weekend starts today, which is Friday, September 4th, 2020. And you're probably wondering why I'm here, you know, because usually you're thinking, wait a minute, Friday, it's about 2.30 or nine minutes to 2.30 or 3.30 Mountain Time, 4.30 Central, 5.30 uh, Eastern, whatever, 1.30 Alaskan Time and, you know, 12.30 Hawaiian Time. You're probably thinking, well, what's he doing here? Usually he's not here. Or usually if he does this, uh, a topic's on my mind here, he does it early in the morning before he goes to work. Well, that's kind of why I'm here. You see, (laughs) I don't know if any of you have dealt with this before, but, um, but let's just say that a lot of re- a lot of companies out there, retail corporations, restaurants, fast food, uh, you name it. Um, obviously, they got a lot to work on. Let, let's just put it that way. They got a lot to work on when when it comes to this. And what I mean by that is uh, basically uh, basically what I'm getting at is when you start going the direction of, you know, being more uh, more social media-like, more techno, if you will, more technology-wise, especially when it comes to, um, you know, putting out the schedules for, for your workers and all that, and giving them the opportunity to look at the schedule from home or get on the site that normally they would get on at work, be able to get on it uh, from home, be able to change some things, like maybe ask for some time off and stuff. You know, that's great and everything. But if you're going to go the mobile route, maybe you need to really focus. Maybe you, what I'm trying to say is maybe you need to put a lot of time and effort into making sure the mobile edition or the mobile version of, you know, what you're, uh, what you're doing for them, uh, what you're allowing them to do, I should say, is up to par, is up, up to snuff. We'll put it that way. You got to make sure everything is is right. You got to make sure everything is, you know, is, you know, absolutely uh, perfect, if you will. Because if not, if not then uh, you end up basically, you end up basically, um, as I link this uh, here to uh, Twitter, uh, but you basically end up with a lot of screw-ups, if you will. You end up with a lot of screw-ups. And what I'm talking about by a lot of screw-ups is, for me, today I was planning to work. Right. Originally, I had been scheduled to work. I was going to work. And what I did is instead of going on my computer, which I should have, or waiting to go to work and doing it there. I decided that, well, let's let's try it out on the mobile app, because the mobile app allows us to request time off. And that's what I was doing. I was requesting time off. And 
uh, basically, and uh, basically, and hello there to Raja in the live chat. Uh, but basically, long story short, uh, basically, long story short, um, I tried it out on the mobile app. So I figured, okay, I put it in, plenty of time. They're going to look it over, and I only want 15 minutes. So I figured, okay, they're going to put it over, they're going to put it in, uh, and everything. That's great. Hold on. So hold on, something just messed up here. Hold on. Yeah, so it was screwed up. I don't know what that was. That was weird. I'm just, like I said, I'm trying to link it here to the uh, live stream and something just screwed up or something. I don't know. Well, just make sure I'm going to copy it again. Yeah, but like I was saying, uh, to get back on topic here. Like I said, to get back on topic here. Um, Yeah, you know, ba- basically when it comes to the mobile app, they gotta <laughs> they gotta make sure uh, they got all their all the quirks, all the kinks, and all that, all the quirks, cor- if you will. E- easy for me to say. All the quirks or quirks, if you will. They they need to make sure they got that all worked out because uh, uh, what I was trying to get at is basically. Uh, basically, what happened is I asked for 15 minutes off because my bus that I take on Tuesday and Fridays, because I work at 1130 for right now on those days, uh, usually doesn't show up at my job until about 15, 17 minutes later. So anyway, long story short, long story short, um, I put the 15 minutes in. Now, the big difference between the mobile app and what you do on your computer or the computer at, or on the computer at work 
is basically they give you the option as well to choose the time frame in which you're going to be 15 minutes late. So for me, it's 11.30 to 11.45. So even if I clock in at 11.50, that 15 minutes basically um, covers the, uh, you know, it covers basically the, what was I trying to say? It covers the 15 minutes that I'm late is what it does. It covers the 15 minutes that I'm late. So, so basically it allows me to, um, so it allows me to only be late by five minutes because it's covering 15 of those. So, what I'm trying to get at, and I got a little distracted here trying to fix something here, uh, was uh, linking this onto social media sites. Uh, anyway, what happened here? I'm sorry about that. Uh, but anyway, like I said, what happened here was I requested 15 minutes. Unfortunately, I couldn't choose the time. It showed the time I was working, like 11.30 to 4, but I couldn't, you know, fix it to where I could say, okay, 11.30, 11.45 is what I need, right? So I just went 15. And I figured, okay, you know, the, they're going to accept it and uh, probably allow me to go in and, uh, you know, choose the time that I'll be off. That didn't happen. What happened instead was I checked the mobile app later on. I checked the mobile app later on. And, yeah, the, uh, the, the PTO is approved. The PTO is approved. There is there's no doubt about that. The, the, the PTO is, improved, is approved. It's allowing me to have the 15 minutes off. But instead... But instead, basically, what it did was it didn't just give me the 15 minutes off, which I would have been paid for. It gave me the whole day off. Yeah, I'm not joking. It gave me the whole day off. So in other words, instead of me, um, you know, instead of me basically, you know, being at work right now and, you know, Probably be probably being on my first break, seeing as though today's the start of Labor Day weekend, and we probably would be will be if not are busy as heck. You know, but basically, you know, instead of me being there to help out, I'm home. All because basically, all because all because basically, I know I use that word a lot here. I do apologize. All because of the fact that my job, my company needs to work out the kinks and the bugs on the me at my job app um, to make sure people use it correctly. Because when I mentioned this, when I mentioned this to... um, to some co- some of my fellow colleagues yesterday, 
one of them told me, yeah, you got to be careful about that because that's not just going to give you the time you want. It's going to give you the whole day. It's going to take you off the schedule. And I looked at who approved it, and I'm thinking the system may have approved it, and then just the system itself decided to give them the whole day. No. The person that the one that the one that approved it was the one that does the improving of a lot of the schedulings, you know, like a lot of the changes, the time offs and all that. And my thought was, well, why did he approve me for the whole day instead of just 15? Why didn't he call me to the office and say, hey, what do you mean by the 15 and allow me to and thus allow me to explain? Oh, well, I just need to. Be off a well. I need to cover the eleven thirty, eleven forty-five thing because I'm going to be late getting off the bus. You know, it's like, why didn't he let me? Why didn't he call me or anybody else that's been through this uh, to the back to to correct this? I don't know. My my only assumption is lately we've been having a lot of people getting hired on, and instead of going through the regular training like doing cbls you know training videos and stuff like that instead what they're doing instead what they're doing is they're basically um just being walked around the store maybe getting one training class or two here and there and then being sent out to learn on the fly and shadow a lot of us uh, on the sales floor or in the front end cashiering. So by doing that, they have to basically, you know, learn on the job. They have to L-O-T-J, as they call it, learn on the job, L-O-T-J. And it's cool and everything, but it puts, and like I said, that's cool and everything, and it gives us more help when we need it. But then it puts some of us <laughs> in a predicament to where we're like, okay, where do you need me? Because, you know, there are only a certain amount of registers we could use right now. You know, and with that said, though, I did find out today that my job, my company, among probably many companies, uh, are deciding to open up the secondary entrance, basically, on in our case, the pharmacy side entrance, back up for the customers. Now, I don't know if that's because cases have gone down across the country or customers have complained a lot to the point that our CEO is like, you know what? Just, just let them go in. Just let them go in. We'll, we'll figure out other alternatives for you guys. And the only other alternatives I can think of that they're thinking about is there's one entrance, emergency ent- uh, exit entrance that we would use uh, prior to shutting off the, you know, shutting off the pharmacy side to the public for a while, there would be one entrance, one area we would go into to be screened and tested and all, you know, not tested, but screened and asked the questions needed to be asked and then go to work. I don't know if we're going to go back to that. I don't know if maybe they're going to open up the garage area to the pharmacy side where the carts would go and basically allow us to go through there. I mean, if they're opening up the secondary entrance, that means cart's got to go in there now, too. So it's going to be really intriguing. It'll be interesting to find out, out on Monday exactly what direction we're going in um, with this change. But anyway, with that said, I know we're about 
16 minutes in, uh, 16 minutes, uh, five seconds. So with that said, let's get into our first topic right off the bat. One of our first ones that we're randomly going to talk about again. Like I said, the reason I'm doing this is that I'm, it's because I'm home and everything because of a snafu on, on both on their end with the mobile app and they need to fix that and stuff. So, you know, hopefully they will uh, in the future. But anyway, let's get into our first topic here. Random variety topic at 16 minutes and 34 seconds. And it's kind of a follow up to the first topic I talked about um, on Wednesday. It's the topic that still has a lot of people talking. And that is what's going on with Nancy Pelosi. And honestly, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she may take responsibility for, as she posted, falling for a setup. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, you can make all the excuses you want. You should have known better. You should have known better. And as a lot of people have said, and I even talked about this and read some of these articles on Wednesday, Nancy, all she did was basically deliver Trump a came a campaign president uh, can a campaign gift a campaign present uh, right into the palm of his hands because even Trump is roasting her. Even Trump is roasting her. You go to the Guardian here on YouTube. You go to the Guardian uh, channel here on YouTube or Guardian News, and they were showing uh, Trump holding a bit of a conference, like what he's doing right now or a briefing or whatever, before going back onto Air Force One or something like that. And Trump, along with everybody else, added to the roasting. Not just on Twitter and Facebook and all that, but he added to the roasting. I mean, he basically called Nancy out saying, hey, look, you're supposed to be the head of the House of the greatest of representatives of the greatest country in the world. And yet you say you were set up. You know, he's calling her out on her excuse, calling her out on her, as people would call her BS. I mean, even the even TYT, the Young Turks, are even calling her and other Democrats out on the hypocrite on the hypocrisy, on the hypocrisism, or hypocrisism, yeah, that's what the word I'm looking for. Hypocrisy, hypocrisism, you know, they're calling them out on it. Because they're like, look. Why should everybody else have to wear a mask or, you know, do this or that if you're not willing to do the same, if you're not willing to abide or follow through on what you preach? And I think as more of this comes out, I don't know if it'll die down or what, but as more of it starts to, you know, be revealed, as more more, uh, photo op opportunities, if you will, or photo opportunities, uh, open up for people to see power figures like a Pelosi, like a Como, uh, and whoever else in Democratic power that preach, oh, you need to wear the mask because, you know, it's safe and, and all that. And then they see them without. It's going to make Trump and everybody else that doubts how serious this virus is, you know, it's going to make them look more correct. I mean, I know some people will say, okay, fine. You know, Pelosi and the Democrats said, you know, hypocrites, uh, you know, are hypocrites and are, 
you know, Judas, if you will, easy for me to say, um, because of, you know, they're going against what they say or they're breaking the rules that they, that they want to enforce. You know, you know, some people may say, yeah, it's wrong for them to do that, but still, we don't know what this virus is capable of, so I don't want to take a chance. You know, and, and that's true. There will be some people that will be like, hey, Democrats, you just lost my support. I'm going to the other party because you're a bunch of liars. They may do that. They may say that, but they may also say, I'm going to do that, but I'm still going to stay safe. I'm still going to take precautions because I don't know how serious this really is. And and all it does is basically, I mean, it basically doesn't just make Nancy look bad and probably uh, weaken her chances at retaining her title as the head of House of Representatives. But it makes the Democrats look bad. It makes Biden look bad. It makes Harris look bad. And that's one thing they don't want. I mean, here's the thing. If I'm some of the Democrats and I see this and I want Biden to win, I want Biden and Harris to win, you know what I do? I come out and I denounce uh, the Democrats that have gone against what they preach. I would denounce Como, the governor of New York. I would denounce Pelosi. I would denounce that mayor down in South Carolina or wherever it was. I would denounce them and say, you know what? We, we don't like what they did. They're hypocrites. They're backstabbers. We still want Biden and Harris to win, but we don't want them um, as part of the new, um, the next, we don't want them on the team aim in the next four years. We don't want to see them around. And that potentially could be the case. And that's something, if I was the Democrats, and I think anybody would agree, I would actually do. I would say, you know, we got to save face. You know, I would come together. I'd be like, you know, we need to save face. We need to make sure Biden and Harris still have a chance. So, you know what we need to do? We need to denounce Pelosi. We need to denounce Como. We need to denounce any other Democrats that go against what we're trying to advocate for. And there you go. There you go. They just that would be the one thing. Honestly, I believe that. You know, that, you know, you know, that I think honestly is, um, like I say, it's honestly probably the best option for the Democrats. If they want to save face, they want to give Biden and Harris a chance because if you want to give them a chance to win and get that presidency and that vice presidency, then you need to save face. You need to basically turn, you basically need to alienate yourself. You need to alienate yourself or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, You need to basically, you need to alienate yourself. You need to cut ties basically uh, when, with people like Nancy and Como and all of them that do this so that you will, so that people will be like, okay, not all Democrats are bad, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they, here's the thing, but here's the question I should say, will they do it? 
we don't know. I mean, Nancy is very powerful, and if you start turning against her, she can find a way to get at you. You know, that's that's one way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I can think that think of. They that, that you know, that's the only thing. Easy for me to say. That's the only thing that I can think of that would save the Democrats' uh, face, give Biden and Harris any other chance, or any chance, I should say, of trying to win. Because, you know, as CNN put it and others have put it, all Nancy did was basically say, here, Trump, I'm going to give you a gift. Now, a lot of people might come out and defend Nancy and say, you know, the the barbers, the, the salon owner had no right to re- leak or release the security footage uh, of Nancy being there. That they had no right to uh, send it to Fox or any of the other news media outlets. And here's the thing. You know, if, if, you, if you're a salon owner, if you're an owner of any kind, of any, any kind of business, then you have it then you have all the right in your power. Then you have all the right in your power to release whatever you want to release. You know, you know, if you have, you have, you have the right in your power to release any kind of security footage you want. You do. You have that right in your power. If you own a business like a salon, you own a business like a restaurant or a fast food place, you own a business like a car wash, you own a business like an automotive store, or an auto store, which, yeah, automotive store. You know, you have the right, if you own a, a repair shop, a car repair shop, um, you know, you have the right, right, if you are the owner, or at least the manager, of the store to release any kind of security footage needed to prove a point to show that, Hey, something's amiss here. Can you please, can you help us out with this? You have the right to do that. You have the right to do that. I mean, I go back to, like I said, one time uh, a couple of days ago, you know, you, when I was brought in as a witness last year or two years ago to uh, see to witness the AP, the Asset of Protection uh, Security at our store, question, write up, and try to get in contact with this kid's parents, who along with another kid were trying to steal alcohol, and this was before they locked up this kind of alcohol, to the point that now you got to get an associate or employee to get it for you, or take it up to the front for you. Um, I saw footage on there of them basically reaching up and trying to steal it. And I didn't need to see that footage. They didn't have to have me there to show me that footage so I could be a witness. They didn't have to do that, but they did. The point that I'm getting at, the the, the point that I'm getting at is this. Okay, the point I'm getting at uh, is this. If you own something or you're put in charge of something, whether you own your own business, whether you're put in charge as the manager of a store or a restaurant or whatever, 
you are giving full responsibility and full authorization to be able to release any kind of footage you want. You do. You have the full authorization, especially if you feel it's suspicious or it doesn't seem right. And that's what this Erica lady did. She released the footage because she had the authorization to do so. She owned the business. She had the right to do so. So if she decided, hey, this doesn't seem right, you know, seeing Nancy Pelosi walking through her salon or one of the one of the parts of her salon unmasked and everything. You know, if she feels that's not right, she wants everybody to know. She's going to want the whole world to know. She's going to want to let the rest of the country know, hey, you know that woman some of you look up to that's saying, hey, you need to wear a mask and everything, and Trump's a hypocrite for not supporting that and da-da-da? Well, look at your hero now. So, so, yeah, she has the right, in my opinion. She has the right. And the only reason certain people are trying to denounce her as not having that right is because they don't want people like Trump in office. They are doing whatever they can to get him out. They are doing whatever they can to support Pelosi and the fellow Democrats in the effort of getting Biden and Harris into office so that they hopefully will have that chance at the presidency. But now with footage of this coming out and then now word coming out that it's not just Pelosi, but it's Como over in New York. It's a mayor, I think, down in South Carolina. You know, the whole nine yards. With information like this, if not more to come, if not more to be seen coming out about certain Democrats going against what they preach. You know, Biden and Harris's chances, as much as Pelosi, you know, hopes they win, become very, very slim. They become very, very slim, and they know that. The people know that. And what, what's interesting is a lot of people will look at this, and you want to talk about speculating a lot further? You want to talk about speculating a lot, you know, um, I can say a lot further, a lot more in depth? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, you know, people will go as far as to basically bring up what a lot of news outlets like Fox and CNN have brought up. And that is Nancy, believe it or not, this is true, is third in line for the presidency if anything was to happen. If anything was to happen to uh, to Trump, if anything was to happen to Pence, if that, you know, individually or at the same time, and they were incapable of doing their jobs, like Trump can't be president anymore and Pence is incapable of taking over, guess who becomes president? Pelosi. And she gets and in the long term and in the long run, she gets what she's been wanting. In the eyes of a lot of people that want to delve that much into theorizing and speculating. She gets what she's wanted. That's a woman president. Now, as I said before, I have nothing against a woman president. I think eventually a woman president will be the kind of president this country needs. Because we have seen certain woman leaders, women, female leaders around the world that have, you know, been in charge of a country. Those female leaders, at times, depending on who they are, have led that country to prosperity. They've led it down the right path. You know, you know they've done right by, the, by their people. 
And maybe that's what this country needs eventually, but now is not the time. But we are, I'll be honest with you, we are getting to that point. I mean, should Trump win this election, be reelected, or let's say Biden wins? Then let's look at it this way. Trump gets reelected, you only have to deal with him for another four years, and that's it. His, pres- his term is completely done. His run as president is completely done. If Biden wins and he doesn't prove to be a great president in the four years he's you know, running the country, then that's it. I, what I'm saying is come the 2024 election, that will be probably the strongest chance that a woman has of becoming president. And I think anybody here watching this or listening to this later on knows that. They know it and they understand it. Again, I have nothing against a woman president. And I think within the next four years, years in the 2024 election, that's when history will be made. I mean, let's be honest. When Barack Obama won, no, everybody was happy because history was made, because we had our first black president. And despite some of the decisions he made, he was a president that a lot of people liked because he understood all generations. He understood the past and mostly understood the present, a uh, present, uh, present, I should say. He understood all that. You know, you may not like some of the decisions he made and there are decisions. I will, I will admit that he made that, you know, caused more harm than good. But still, he was a president that people liked, despite some of his uh, decisions uh, that you know, like I said, he was a president. What I'm trying to get at is he was a president people liked despite some of his decisions because of the fact that they could relate with him and two, because of the fact, because of the fact, you know, that he was a historic president. He was a historic president being the first of, being the first uh, black president in history. And here's the thing. Every president before Barack, no one ever thought, during every election for those presidents, no one ever thought that someone, that a black president would be elected eventually. That someone of, of, of a different skin coloring, of African-American descent, Muslim descent, whatever you want to call it, no one ever thought someone someone of a different skin color would become president. Well, guess what? He did. And the one thing I liked about Barack is when it came to the NCAA tournament, he loved to participate. He loved to go onto ESPN and say, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to fill out my bracket." Have we seen Trump do that? No. That's and that's the one thing people liked about him is he was relatable. He would, he would participate in, in things that normally other presidents wouldn't participate in. And again, despite how you feel about some of the decisions he agreed upon or he made or he signed off on, he was a president people liked because they could relate with him. And historically, he was the first president that wasn't white. And now, in four years, in four years, ladies and gentlemen, History could be made again, and I think it will be, because 
it may have been held off for these past couple of elections. Come 2024, I think that's going to be the changing of the tide. I think 2024, we are going to get a woman president. We are going to get one. It may not be now, but it's going to be then. And it's going to be a president people are going to like. And I'll put and I'll go on record. I'll go on record as saying this. My mom, my family might be Republican, if you will. My family, my immediate family may be Republican. But I'll go on record to tell you right now that if Michelle Obama runs for presidency and wins, she's going to get the support of my family. That's a fact. You may, you know, and some people may, you know, I know some people may disagree with that and say, oh, your family won't totally support her. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. If she ends up being the only female to run for president in 2024, she'll win. Not only because, not only is she, she someone that's willing to do what the people want, help people out, do this and that, but just like her husband, she's relatable. She understands things. Things. She's willing to help out. Heck, my mom, who's Republican, even likes her to a, to an extent. Even likes it. How you know how she you know she likes her to an extent. I'll put it that way. Not not wholly, if you will, not all the way liking her, but basically to an extent, she likes her. She likes her because she feel, feels that out of the two, you know, Michelle was the most relatable and understanding. Hell, you know, what? what's her name? Um, hold on. Let me look at something. Okay, Megan. Let's say uh, Megan, uh, Prince Harry's wife, Megan Markley. Okay. Megan Markley, okay? Who's to say Megan won't decide, you know what? I don't want to be a pre- pre- uh, princess. I want to be a president. I want to be part of, I want to run this country. Who's to say she won't try? And because of who she's married to, who's to say she won't win? Point that I'm getting at, point I'm getting at is sooner or later, we are going to have a woman president and it will happen during the 2024 election. That's a guarantee. We are basically, we've avoided it for too long. What was it like? Two, three, several times throughout history we've avoided it. Well, guess what? Well, guess what? In 2024, that's when the momentum switches over to a woman becoming president. Guaranteed. And like I said, if she decides to run, which a lot of people are hoping she does, I will not be surprised that Michelle Obama wins. I would not be surprised. And let's say and if Megan win and if Megan goes for it, not saying she would, I wouldn't be surprised if she wins. That's the point I'm getting at. That's the point I'm getting at. Because here's the thing. When you look at the two, they are both very relatable to a lot of people. A lot of people like who they are. They're down to earth. They understand others. 
And I think that would give them a fighting chance of becoming president. And the reason I bring this all up during this first topic and you know, going more on what happened with Nancy Pelosi, it's the fact that if Nancy had any inklings that some people would theorize and speculate at getting a woman president in there somehow during this term or the upcoming uh, upcoming next four years, pretty much that's been shot down now. Or pretty much that's been put in, put in danger, been put onto the near extinction line because of what she did and what other Democrats have done. And again, a lot, what, like I said earlier, what a lot of Democrats have to do to save face is they're going to have to either denounce Pelosi and all the other Democrats that are showing a lot of hypocrisy by going against what they preach and saying, hey, we support Biden and Harris and, you know, and we hope they win, but we're not going to uh, align ourselves with these people anymore because they're hypocrites. That's the only way they're going to save face. And the same thing goes for Biden and Harris. The only way they're going to save any chance, save face and still have any chance, and I mean any chance, at winning this election is they need to basically denounce Pelosi. They need to denounce Como. They need to denounce any other dem- democratic uh, official, governor, whatever, mayor that is showing hypocrisy about, by going against what they preach. You know, that's what they need to do. And I was just checking the time there, but you know, that's what they need to do. And I, I don't, I don't see any other option because if they don't do something like that, you know, as I said before, they've basically given Trump all Pelosi has done along with these other Democrats that are showing hypocrisy. All they've done is hand Trump and Pence a gift of, here you go. Hope you enjoy the next four years as president and vice president. That's all they've done. That's all they've done. And again, I don't know what else to say. I don't know uh, what else to say, but I'll put it. Th- I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Um, you know, if Pelosi herself doesn't come out and acknowledge that, well, I'll put it. Let me put it this way. Let me let me rephrase what I'm about to say. Uh, basically, if Pelosi doesn't come out and admit she was wrong in what she did admit that she was not set up and finally acknowledge that yes, myself and other democratic parties uh, uh, basically admit that yet. Okay. This is okay. Let me reword, let me uh, reword that. If Pelosi doesn't come out, this is the only way Pelosi is going to save face and any, and keep any chance of her probably retaining her seat as the head of the house uh, of representatives. And that is for her to come out, acknowledge that she was wrong in what she did, acknowledge that she was not set up, and even go as far as to admit that, yes, myself, along with other members of the Democratic Party and certain members of the media and the CDC and the World Health Organization, yes, I'll admit we kind of exaggerated the numbers of cases, exaggerated the numbers of hospitalizations, and and Lord forgive me for saying this, exaggerated the number of deaths because the more we made it look bad, the more we were hoping it would make Trump look bad. 
and that would lessen his chances of becoming president again. And that's all she has to do to save any chance of probably, you know, retaining her seat as the head of the House of Representatives or or any chance of, you know, trying to get away from this controversy and this criticism. Because even if she does retain, this is going this moment, as small as some people may say it is, or a snafu or you know, whatever they call it, it's gonna continue haunting her. It's gonna follow her for the rest of her career. And you know, she's 80 years old. 80 years old. I, I don't think anybody's gonna want an 80-year-old or 80 plus year old or near 90-year-old head of House of Representatives that doesn't understand that you need to you need to basically support what you preach. That you need to stand by what you preach, you need to stand by what you say, you need to lead by example and not go the route of do as I say, but don't do as I do. You need to go the route of do as I say and do as I, do as I say and do as you see me do. Basically, do as I say hey, and do as you see me do. Basically, that's what she needs to do. Don't do as I say, but don't and do as I say, but don't do what I do. It's got to be do as I say, a and do and let me visually show you what to do. She needs to lead by example. And best way, in my opinion, to really lead by example is to humble herself and admit she was wrong, admit maybe she was not set up, and possibly come out and acknowledge that she, along with any other Democratic Party members and other members of the media and members of the CDC and WHO, have basically exaggerated the numbers more so than they should have been, all because they want Trump and Pence out of office. They need to just come out. She needs to do something like that, in my opinion, to save any kind of face, to save any kind of chance at retaining her her uh, run uh, in the right house, in my opinion. She needs to do that. She needs to do that. So let me know what you guys think in the comments uh, down below, as well as let me know what you guys think in the live chat about that as well. Okay, so let's go on to another topic I want to talk about. And it's something that's really uh, interesting to me. And um, hold on for a sec before I get into that. Okay, guys, I was just checking something there. But anyway, second topic I want to get into here is something that's kind of been intriguing to me for a while. And I've rewatched Rerez's um, review on it several times. And it wasn't until recently my theory, well, not my theory, but my, yeah, my theory, my speculation, basically, my speculation in and curiosity got the best of me that I decided to look up something on YouTube. Now I looked it up thanks to information at Amazon or a a customer's uh, comment review on Amazon. So I looked it up on YouTube to confirm my suspicions, my, my, my uh, curiosity, my speculation. And 
what I speculated and were curious about um, turned out to be true. Basically, it was all confirmed that the device I'm going to be getting, hopefully this upcoming week, not only allows you to play the 90 games included, officially included by the distributors, but it allows you to also play games that are not included. And what I'm talking about is retro bits. Uh, is retro bits is uh, okay? Easy for me to say, but what I'm talking about out uh, the console I'm talking about is the retro bit super retro arcade. Now apparently there's two versions: version one and version one point one. Version one point one obviously has improved some things and added some games, which I think is cool, but also retains the ability to allow you to add games. Now, you might ask yourself, well, what do you mean by that, Brian? What do you mean by add games? Well, like I said, my my speculation, my curiosity, you know, kind of got the best of me, especially after reading what one review, one person said at Amazon. So I went and looked up online on YouTube like they suggested. And obviously, it turns out what they said is true. Now, the way it's done, apparently, and I got to look more into this when I try it, is you got to get the ROM files, dump them on there. And if you want artwork, you got to dump the artwork on there as well, either and possibly name it a certain way. You got to name it a certain way so you can get the artwork on the uh, on the screen. And what they were saying is basically what you do and... Let me see if I can find it here. What you do, and visually, I'm now visually people watching this on YouTube can see this. Those that those of the those of you that can't and are listening on this uh, through the podcast, basically they're taking basically they're telling us to take an SD card, a regular SD card, like this one here, like not the micro ones, but the bigger ones, the regular ones the regular SD cards, to take a regular SD card, 16 gigabytes, 16 GBs, if you will, uh, put it into your computer, and to take any ROM files you may have and basically uh, insert it uh, into uh, basically the, insert it basically into uh, the file. Now, I don't know if this would work with something like Fighting is Magic. I don't know if this would work with the Sonic and Freedom Fighters Mungjin game or whatever. Uh, I have to find that out later on. Because those are ROMs. Those are things like that. So I don't know. Again, I don't know uh, if that would be possible. I'll have to look it up online if it is possible. Uh, But like I said, um, basically... Besides that, you, you're able to take a 16 gigabyte, 16 GB, if not more, uh, regular SD card, insert it into your computer, and take any ROMs that you download and put them onto that SD card along with possible um, pictures and artwork to go along with it. And most of the time, from what has been seen on YouTube, they will work. They will actually work. Now, the one question I'm sure a lot of people have, um, if you will, is, you know, is Retrocade aware of this? 
are they, is retro bit, I should say, are they aware of this? Are they aware of what they've done? And I would have to assume they are. I'd have to assume that, you know, retro bit is indeed aware of what's going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if retro bit did that on purpose. You know, because a lot of people say, well, if you want to go the emulator console route, just get a Raspberry Pi kind of deal, da 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 da, or or get yourself one of those um, emulator uh, cartridges that you could put into a Sega Genesis or a Nintendo, an NES or an SNES, you know, or Turbo Graphics. You know, just get one of those and you'll be good. Yeah, that's true. But do you have the money to do it? Because you you see, those things aren't cheap. Even the cartridges themselves are not cheap. I don't know why they're expensive, because they're just cartridges you put an SD card in, but still, they're not cheap. This goes for about 50 to 60 bucks. And that's pretty cheap, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's like, when, when when I saw this, when my my spec when my curiosity was confirmed about this, it got me excited. It got me excited because it's like, oh, cool, I can play more games than just the ninety involved. Now, one one person, I think his name was Joe Briggs or something like that. I think that was his name, or Joe Riggs, uh, here on YouTube. He talked about this and he said, and he said at the end, look. You're taking a chance. Now, I don't know if he was kidding or he was, wasn't, or he's being sarcastic or whatever. But he basically said, and this is pretty much true in a sense, you're taking a chance doing this. Because, yes, it will work, but there's also a chance it could damage your system. And I'm, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I'm willing to try. And I haven't heard anything bad from what I've seen these guys do, is just they just pop it in and there you go. But like I but as I was asking earlier, a lot of people oh like I said earlier, a lot of people ask the question, is retrobit uh, you know does you know is retrobit aware of this? And I think they are. And I think in a sense retrobit knew what they were doing with this. I think they knew what they were doing when they I think supplied the same opportunity for the retro bit generations. But the retrocade, the super retrocade, is supposed to be a massive improvement over that. So obviously they knew what they were doing. I, th- I think they did. I think honestly they did know what they were doing. Um, but the truth being, but the truth is, I think this might be the only time that anybody's going to get a chance to do this. Because, as I said, I'm sure RetroBit is aware of what they've done, which makes it even more interesting about what they're going to do. You see, what I think is going to happen is if they decide to bring out another version of the RetroCade in the future, that, you know, they'll still incorporate the SD slot, but what they're going to end up doing, and this is just my opinion, hopefully I'm wrong, is they're going to make sure that that SD slot is only used for game storage and saving, you know, like saving uh, stats and saving games where, you know, like when you 
when you pause a game or you quit a game and you want to save it and you want to continue where you left off when you want to play it again, basically, I've got a feeling what they'll do with the next version of this, if they bring one out, is they'll make sure that SD slot is only for save states and, you know, and saving the game, you know, where you left off so you can begin it again or so you can restart it from where you left off uh, again. You know, i got a feeling that's what it's going to be. They're going to find a way to get around the fact that, oh, you want to put your emulators on it? Guess what? You're not going to do that. So I think that's what's probably going to happen. Hopefully, again, like I said, I'm wrong. You know, I'm wrong about that. You know, but again, if Retrobit is a rare, um, either they're going to embrace this and say, you know what? When they come out with the new one, say, hey, you know, you get all these games in here. But you know what? We're also going to give you the opportunity to put your own games. You know, hopefully, maybe they'll promote it. Maybe they'll acknowledge it. Maybe they'll embrace it. But then again, like I said, there's a good chance that with the next Retro K they bring out in the future, that they're just going to modify it to the point that that SD card slot is only going to be for save feet. Is it only going to be an additional storage feature, you know, for saving stats and saving your game and beginning it where you left off? And that's it. And I know some people may not like to hear that, but it's a possibility, in my opinion. Um, am I glad? Now, am I going to be happy to get this system when it comes? Absolutely. I'm going to be thrilled. Because you know why? Because even though it's a small system, as Shane of ReRes showed us, for a system that's smaller than, well, maybe not as small, but just about the same size as a. NES Mini or an SNES Mini or even a Genesis Mini, for it to be that same size and to contain that many games, especially arcade games, it's saying something. It really is saying something. But, you know, as I mentioned, but as I was asking, and I'm sure, but as I mentioned, I should say, a lot of people I'm sure are curious, you know, is Retro Better Where? of you know people saying hey you can go out and add additional games and i think they are because i think what re-res i think what shane said uh in his re-res review of it and this was the first version i think not version 1.1 but just version one he said basically what it seemed like it was doing obviously was working off an android uh an android um what was it a an android template or an android kind of uh, circuitry or device or whatever. Now, basically, it was working off that, the, the backness of an Android-like uh, circuitry and uh, circuitry board that basically would allow you to have these kind of games on there and have something like Ma- MAME, M-A-M-E, MAME, uh, which is the uh, emulator name for arcades, to have it on there. So... If that's the case, and that would make sense because when I play my games on my Android, especially the the Sonic the Hitchhog hacks that have Sally and Bunny in them, they work fine. You know, when I, when I play those games, and that's on an Android phone. So, so for this to be somewhat of an Android device within the system, I think it's kind of cool, cool and everything. And it helps things out. And, but obviously it also opens the door 
to allow people, like I said, to the ability to take an SD card, the very SD card that they encourage you use to use for safe states and saving your game and using it to uh, restart your game where you left off. Basically using that same SD card to play games. Now, the way they said you do this is you do it two ways. You create a folder on in the root area of the SD card. And you name it retro bit, either retro bit, spaced out retro and bit, both words, you know, like retro, here's the word retro, here's the word bit. Or you put in retro bit as one word and then games as another. So, and that's how it basically is able to read the file, which I think is kind of cool. Now, a couple of people that have talked about this have said that once you have files under the, once you have the files, if you want artwork to associate with it, you got to name that artwork with the word game in it and put it as a PNG file. That's the only way it's going to read it. Now, some have shown that you don't have to do that. You could just dump the game onto there with the artwork and everything. You'll be fine. Uh, I think Joe Riggs, Joe Biggs, whatever his name is, uh, when he showed this, he basically showed without, he showed um, the SD menu with the games, with the ROM games on there with blank screens because, you know, he didn't have the artwork, but the games were still there. And he showed that they were playable. So it's going to be really intriguing and interesting uh, when this comes uh, in the few when this comes in the next couple of days. Um, you know what I'll be able to do with it, because I'm I'm going to enjoy probably playing the ninety games. There's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is one of the games included on here is Final Fight and Strider, and guess what? Those games are included on arcade one up cabinets. Now the one question obviously and hopefully they did improve this with the version 1.1 if I get that one is the capability of using any USB controller. Now as you guys know I have a PXN fight stick arcade stick if you will and some of these arcade games are meant to be played with an arcade stick. So maybe that might help. Maybe that'll maybe they maybe that'll be something I can utilize with this system but like i said it's going to be interesting it's going to be it's going to be interesting and intriguing when it comes around and i just can't wait to play it i can't wait to play it when when it shows up and with the possibility of adding more games to it that's cool too i think probably the best uh, direction to go when you do that is when you add the games you either got to keep the SD card in there or you take it out and you save it so that it doesn't ruin your system too much. And you only put it in uh, when necessary. But anyway, oh, pop my elbow there. Kind of like cracking your knuckles. You kind of pop your elbows, you know, you know, just all that juice flow, like water or juice. It's basically that. So anyway, yeah, uh, I can't wait to play this uh, when it comes because it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a fun system to to have the, have in the in the collection, and it might be something I play more so than I do right now than my mini collections, my mini consoles. So can't wait, 
Can't wait to see what we get there uh, when it comes out. Now, on to our on to our third topic. On to the third topic, if you will. And that topic, that topic, basically, basically, as I check a few things here, See. This topic. Topic is Oh, here's a good one. Mulan. Yes, in case you guys don't know, uh, Mulan, as of yesterday, today, uh, has officially released the remake to the 1998, I think it was. I think it was 1998. I'm going to look at the year of that. Hold on. I think it was 97 or 98. Yeah, I think it was ninety-seven. I think. Let me let me let me check again. It might have been ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, Mulan apparently. Um, Apparently, it's getting mixed reviews, mostly positive. The new movie's getting some mixed reviews, but mostly positive. Because, of the well, let me explain why it's getting mostly positive reviews. Because it's more of an, I, I guess you could say, actual portrayal or more um, true to heart, to coin a phrase from a certain song for the that was uh, made for the uh, original animated film. But it's more of a serious, more actual portrayal, I think, of who Mulan was in many people's minds, with a bit of that Disney flair to it, with a bit of that Disney magic to it. But it's still a a Mulan that's taken more seriously um, than the animated one was. And again, it's gotten mostly mixed. It's got a lot of re- mixed reviews, mostly positive, though. However, it doesn't have, it's not without the, but it's not without its real, how to put it, Mulan 2020 is not without its critics. And mostly the critics that have come out about this have come out about not liking the film 
isn't because they don't like it because of the story. They don't like it because of the person that plays Mulan. The person that plays Mulan. The person that plays Mulan. Uh, basically. Uh, in this film. See, the person that portrays Mulan. See, trying to see what her name is. Trying to see here. Oh, this is why. Because basically, okay, this is what CNN reports. CNN reports, and this is by Harmit Karu. This is what CNN reports. Uh, Disney's live-action remake of Mulan is now released. But for some people... But, okay, let me reread that. Got a notification here. Hold on. Uh, But it says here, and I quote, this is by uh, someone... This is by Harmet Karu um, at CNN. She says, and I quote, Disney's live-action remake of Mulan is now released. But some people won't be watching. Pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong are reigniting calls to boycott the film, now joined by activists in Thailand and Taiwan. The calls erupted last year when, a, when the film's lead actress, Louis Yafet, Louis Yafet, or Yafet so expressed support for Hong Kong police who anti-government demonstrations accuse of using excessive force to quill unrest. This film is released today, but because Disney now tells to Beijing, and because Louis Yafet openly and proudly endorses police brutality in Hong Kong, I urge everyone who believes in human rights to hashtag boycott Mulan this was pro- this was said by prominent Hong Kong activist Joshua Wong. Goes on to say that Yafi, a Chinese-born U.S. citizen, waded into the conversation last year at the height of the protest in Hong Kong, which began as largely peaceful demonstrations and eventually morphed into frequent clashes be- between police. And protesters. I support. This is what the the win, the win. I think that's her name. Uh, said, she says, I support the Hong Kong police, 
you can all attack me now. What a shame for Hong Kong. She posted in a, she posted on uh, Weibo in August of last year. Calls to boycott Mulan followed immediately after and soon enough. Hashtag boycott Mulan was trending on Twitter, which is banned in China. Meanwhile, comments of Yvette's post on Weibo, the dormant social or the dominant social platform in China, echoed her support for police and Benji, uh, ben, uh, Benji or Benjai. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced the country wrong. I do believe, I do apologize. Ben. Benji. So, yeah, basically, because the lady, because of the woman that plays Mulan, Louis, uh, Lou Yafe, Lou Yafe, Lou Yafe, uh, basically, because of the fact that she supports the police and you know, she supports them and, you know, Bengai or Benji, Ben, ben you know, you know, uh, Benjai. I'm sorry, again, I'm sorry if I pronounced the country wrong. Uh, the reason she supports the police um, is the reason that the movie's being boycotted. And basically why it's banned in China, apparently. Now, is this going to slow down the Mulan uh, release? Is it going to ruin it? No. Is it still going to get a mixed reaction, sometimes mostly positive? Absolutely. It's just got what's going to happen, and it, and it said it at, uh, towards the end of the article, is international audiences are going to be the key. Not just those that watch on Disney Plus and the premium access that they give for it to watch movies like Mulan. But mainly, it's going to be dependent on those that go to the theaters to watch the movie. So, do I think this is this hashtag boycott Mulan is going to ruin the movie's success? No. I think all it's going to do is it's going to make people hearing about this be like, ooh, I want to see what's so wrong about Mulan. I want to see... What's so bad about this actress? And ooh, maybe I want to see more of her films. That's basically what it's going to do. It's basically what it's going to do. And they just, and I think the people behind these boycotts and everything, they just don't realize that. And, and all she's doing, all, all this lady is doing, all this actress is doing, is just showing her support for the police. Now, does she... Now here's the thing: Does she agree with everything that the Hong Kong police do? No, but she's so showing support for a majority that try to do the right thing. You know, and not use excessive force and everything. She's trying to support the police for doing their job and not using excessive force. But yet, but yet, these activists feel that she's supporting. Not just the police, but what they do, even when it comes to brutality, and obviously that can't that far from the case, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, you know, Mulan. I I don't think the boycotting or the the boycotting or the protesting or anything like that is going to hurt it. 
I think it's going to keep, I think it's going to be a success in spite of all this, you know, and, and despite how people may feel about it, you know, reaction wise. And that's all I can really say. I, I don't think Mulan is going to uh, suffer uh, greatly from this. I don't, I don't think she's going to suffer greatly from this. I think, I think the movie is going to be great. I think it's going to be good. And, you know, if you don't want to pay the premium price of twenty nine ninety nine, guess what? Just wait a couple more months and it'll be out for free in December. So, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this boycotting is going to hurt it whatsoever. I, I really don't. So anyway, though, with that said. finish off the coffee there with that said let's get into our fourth and final variety uh final topic of this tgif labor day weekend variety random topics on my mind uh video and podcast and our last subject will be our last subject will be uh basically I'm trying to think of a good one here, guys. Our last subject will be what shows, what animated shows of the past 20, 30 years to get a Blu-ray release. Now, I know people watching this are probably thinking, what are you talking about? Well, we all know that lately some some shows of the past 30, 20, 40, 50 years have been getting Blu-ray releases, even though they shouldn't. You know, Speed Racer has got it, the original anime, when it, when it, the original anime back from the 60s and 70s, it got a Blu-ray release. We know Samurai Pizza Cat's got one. And yes, even though it could be easily converted to high def because of as recent as it was, Sonic X got one as well. But what about the other shows? What about other shows of the past 30, 40 years, anime or anime, Western animation-wise, should benefit from a Blu-ray release? Now, you might say, well, what about 4K? 4K too, but... But we're primarily looking at Blu-ray because, as I said before in the last topics on my mind on Wednesday, and this was also a final topic, when I talked about movies, I said basically there were movies that nobody thought would get a release on Blu-ray, and yet you go and watch someone like Zara Nizarak doing updates on certain movies he's gotten on Blu-ray, and he shows you, oh, well, I got this and I got this. And these are movies we never thought would be on Blu-ray, and yet here they are. And the same could be said for shows. The same could be said for shows. So what shows could benefit from an official Blu-ray release? Well, I do know that one show right now currently that a lot of people, even those I'm friends with online, have admitted needs a Blu-ray release. Even though it's in its third season or going in, 
and is about to begin the second half of that third season finally. Basically, a lot of people feel that this needs a Blu-ray release, and that's the new uh, DuckTales series. The new 2017 to present DuckTales series, a lot of people feel it needs a Blu-ray release. Why? Because blue because you put it on Blu-ray, it'll look a lot better than what it is on television right now. And if you make it one of those series that could be a 4K release, you know, it'll be that'll be even better. But either way, Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray release, if not both, is definitely something that you know I think Disney should look into because you know DVD sells for them, the DVDs are selling for them, so why not? make an attempt to put it in on Blu-ray and see what happens there. Um, but yeah, the new DuckTales series, I think could definitely benefit from a Blu-ray release. I think the original DuckTales series could. Uh, I think, all, in fact, be honest with you, I think all of the Disney Afternoon could, rely, could definitely benefit from a Blu-ray release of some kind. I really do. I think Gummy Bears, you know, like I said, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, Bonkers. You know, I think they could all, Aladdin, Goggles, you know, Mighty Ducks. You know, I think they could all rely and I think they can all rely and benefit from a Blu-ray release. Now, some people may say, well, how can they, how can they convert them to, to, oh, not convert, but what I'm trying to say is a lot of people will come out and say, well, how can they change them to Blu-ray? How can, you know, how can they find the time to remaster and remap a lot of the footage that they have? Here's the thing. They don't have to. In case you guys haven't noticed, lately, a lot of studios, major or not, when they get the opportunity and the license to release these films onto Blu-ray or even 4K, they just slap them on there. That's it. They might clean. They might do a little bit of cleanup here and there, like sharpen the image, just a tiny bit. But they'll just throw the movie or the show on there, and that's it. And why? Because going the route of Blu-ray and maybe 4K Ultra Blu-ray is more cheaper to um, to utilize. It's more, believe it or not, it's more cheaper to utilize in the end because of the fact that it takes more money to put to put each episode on individual disc you know like with rescue rangers the official release on them both had like what three to four discs or three discs for the first two volumes or two discs for the first two volumes and that's four discs altogether you you look at basically the a blue a blu-ray release of rescue rangers i should say and you reduce uh the unit uh, usage i should say you you reduce the usage of the movie i mean of the disc format of disc i should say you reduce the usage of disc by a half so instead of doing like four discs, you do two. So let's say another four, another two disc set comes out for Rescue Rangers to finish off the another two to three di- three set comes out to finish off Rescue Rangers. Guess what you do? 
You don't have to worry about two to three DVDs. You reduce it in half. You get one. And that's it. That's about it. You basically go from having what would essentially be what? A, a three-disc. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't a three-disc set, I think. A three-disc set. You go from having a three-disc set, like what we have now, a six-disc set altogether. You go from having that to having three. You go from having potentially an eight-disc DVD set to having four. And that's it. You know, the, the same with Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears has like, what, 90-something episodes? So you go from having maybe... <laughs> having about 10 discs, maybe, for them, to five or four at most. And that's it. Same with DuckTales. You go from having potentially nine or 10 for them... To five at most. Tailspin, same thing. You go from having potentially eight discs to having, you know, uh, ba basically you go from having like, what, what was it? Like five discs, six discs, you go, go from that to having, you know, three. Or eight discs, you go from that to having, you know, four. Same with Darkwing Duck. You go from possibly having uh, eight discs, maybe, or ten discs, to having four or five. Bonkers, same thing. You go from having, you know, possibly eight, seven to eight discs, to possibly having three or four. The point that I'm getting at is you lessen the usage of having DVD. Uh, you lessen the usage of DVD disc in favor of lesser Blu-ray disc. Now, some may say, well, isn't Blu-ray a little bit more expensive? Yeah, it is. But despite what people may say, with all due respect, Disney is not really hurting that much for money. They may make it sound like they are, but they're not. And going the route, and going the route that they could go potentially with Blu-ray or if not 4K Blu-ray releases of some current, if not past series, I think would be beneficial. And people would buy them up. They would buy these movies. They would buy them without a shadow of doubt. They would buy these movies or these series on Blu-ray because they are on Blu-ray. And hello there, Micha. Sorry if I pronounced that name wrong. But they would buy them because they're on Blu-ray, even if they're slapped on there. That's it. Heck, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic has gone for around, what, 200-something episodes? What was it? The fourth episode was, in the final season, was 200. And then the nine, and then what was it? The 22 that followed? You had 222 episodes, including this holiday special, including the special Rainbow Road Trip. You add that in with the movie... And I'm looking right now, I've got basically, officially, up to, what was it, season seven, I think. And each of them is basically about three to four discs. So you're looking at potentially three to four discs each, maybe two or one at most. You're, you know, you're looking at two, two to three each. So, like, right now, possibly we have, 
let's see, the first season was like what two or three. E, um, the f- second season was like two. Um, if you will, so you had five, and then the third season was like three. Fourth season was the same way, and stuff like that. You potentially could take the opportunity of taking all that and reducing it by who knows how many. Like right now, you potentially, out of all that, could have about 15 discs. Half of that, you could get down to seven or eight discs on Blu-ray. And that's saying something. That is saying something. So, yeah. I So, honestly, I think... So, yeah. A, a series like My Little Pony Friendship with Magic definitely could benefit from that. Especially with some of the ideas people throw around. Like, hey, you get all the episodes, put them on Blu-ray? Cool. You want to make it a gift set? Guess what? You Not only do you add the complete series, but you add in the specials. Like Rainbow Road Trip, Best Gift Ever. And, oh, the movie as well. And there you go. There you go. End of story. So, yeah, something like Friendship is Magic could benefit from it. Um, let's see. Heck, if you're a Garfield fan, fan, Garfield and Friends could benefit from it. You know, you never know. I mean, you look at Hasbro, and Hasbro, they want to make more money. Like I said, Friendship is Magic, put that on Blu-ray. Complete series, special edition with the movie and, and the specials and all that. Go for it on that. But also, also you got some of your classic shows as well. Your classic 80s properties like G.I. Joe, Little American Hero, um, Transformers G1. You know, you have you know have you have the original My Little Pony G1. Put those on Blu-ray and those will sell. I mean Zara Nizarak at one time said, Oh, that wouldn't be possible. Well now you look at all these other series and it's like yeah, it's possible, but but here's the thing. Do they have to remaster them? No. They just take them, slap them onto a Blu-ray disc, reduce, and basically what do they do? They reduce the cost of what they originally released on DVD. I think the original set for G- Transformers G1 was 15 discs or 16 discs. You're basically reducing it by eight. Uh, when you put it on Blu-ray. You know, same with G.I. Joe. You're reducing it by the original number of discs you utilize for a DVD release. You're reducing it by half. You know, My Little Pony, G1, you're reducing it by half. You put it on Blu-ray. The point is, a lot of these series that I mentioned... Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh stretch there. A lot of these movies that I meant, a lot of these shows that I just mentioned, I think could really benefit from a Blu-ray release. And I know some people might say that's not possible and that's fine. You're probably right on that. But nowadays, you never know. Like I said, some people didn't think certain movies that were only on DVD, that were released only on DVD would get a Blu-ray release. But guess what? They have. So who's to say this won't happen either? I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, Warner Brothers, for example, can make a lot of money by taking a lot of the uh, shows that they own now, that they have the rights to, Hanna-Barbera, Ruby Spears, whatever, 
and released them on Blu-ray. Look, they took in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The new Scooby-Doo movies, and guess what they've done? They put them on Blu-ray. Did they remaster them, or they just slap them on there? Probably both, from what I understand. But anyway, they put them on Blu-ray. So who's this... So who's to say they can't do the same with Hong Kong Fui, Laugh Olympics, the Yogi Bear Show, uh, the new Yogi Bear Show? Hey, you know, um, you know what else? Uh, Space Ghost, the Herculoids. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say they can't do that? Who's to say they can't do? It? Who's to say they can't take, you know, Thunder the Barbarian or? Uh, Galator, Galator, I think. Who, who's to say they can't do that? Who's to say they can't take SWAT cats, you know, and put that on Blu-ray? I'm just saying, if they do a lot of this, I guarantee you people will buy it. Because even if they just slap it on there, guess what? The Blu-ray will enhance it a little bit, especially when you put it into the Blu-ray. I mean, there's, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I put the physical Blu-ray disc of the 86 Transformers movie into my Ultra Blu-ray, the Ultra uh, uh, Blu-ray, the 4K one. And even though I was playing it, playing it on a full HD 1080p screen, it looked a little bit more cleaner, like a little bit more sharper, if you know what I'm saying. It looked just a tad better. Not much, but just a tad better. Like it got clean. Like basically what the, what the machine did was clean it up is what it did. So I appreciated that. I appreciated that. So the question is, honestly, could the same be, so the question is, could something like SWAT cats, even if the episodes are slapped on there, could they look better? Absolutely. Because when I would put on, because here's the thing, if you go, when I put on my D, okay, what I'm trying to say is, when I put, my, uh, when we first got our JVC full HD uh, 1080p screen, t- 1080p television, I first tested out what some of my DVDs would look like, and they looked fantastic. Basically, they looked new, they looked fresh, ash and everything. They looked like they were being aired for the first time. It made it look better. The high definition cleaned it up. And when you would play something like SWAT Cats as well, it cleans it up. It cleans up the disc. It makes it makes it look a little bit better. So I think something like SWAT Cats could really benefit from it. I mean, like I said, these are just shows, in my opinion, that even if you slap the episodes on, you just transfer the episodes from DVD to Blu-ray, could benefit from a Blu-ray release. And I think everybody would agree with that. I think everybody watching and listening would agree because I'm sure everybody watching and listening would be the kind of people that would go out and buy um, these Blu-rays, even if the episodes are slapped on there because it's Blu-ray, you know, you know, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, if they could take an episode or take a series, like let's say Sonic the Hitchhawk or Rescue Rangers and stream them, then I think they're able to put them onto a, a Blu-ray down the line. Sonic Sat AM, Sonic the Hedgehog Sat AM, the 1993 to 1995 series, 
that there could benefit from a Blu-ray release. There's no doubt. You take the four disc, slap it onto Blu-ray, and you get a two disc set, add the features, and you're good to go. Even if it's just Blu-ray, it'll make it look better. You know why? Because I took, because as I was saying, when we first got our HD television several years back, or many years back, I put my Sonic AM DVD in there as a test to make see what it looks like. And it looked great. It looked like new. The episodes looked like they had just aired. So to me, putting them on Blu-ray and then utilizing the abilities of a Blu-ray player, even a 4K Ultra Blu-ray player, will make it look a little bit better. Not like it's completely remastered or something like that, but just a tad bit. It'll clean it up just a tad bit. Make it look a little bit better, sharper, if you will. But yeah, those are just series off the top of my head. Now I think could benefit from it. I mean, Gem and the Holograms from the 80s could really benefit from a release on Blu-ray, even if you just put the episodes on there. I mean, any popular property from that time period, you give it a Blu-ray release, you know, from you give it a Blu-ray upgrade, if you will, even if you're just slapping the episodes on onto the disc. Not only do you save money, I mean, not only do you cut the, cut the cost, that's what I was looking for. Not only do you cut the cost of what you spent originally to, you know, release it completely on DVD by half, but you cut the cost, but you cut how the usage of disc that you would have to utilize to do so that's just my opinion you take uh the phil roman ninja turtle series you put that on blu-ray and not only do you cut in half the cost that you used originally to put the whole series out you know as time went on but you also cut in half the usage of the disc you utilized that first time so so to me, something like that could really benefit uh, as well. Even Jim Lee's Wildcats, when that came out for only one season, it's got two discs. You put that on Blu-ray, one disc, boom. Bonus features and everything, boom. That will sell. You put the X-Men animated series, which is now owned by Disney, along with Spider-Man, the animated series, and that will sell. You slap the episodes onto a Blu-ray or you take your time to remaster them a little bit it, uh, you know, and re- then release it on the Blu-ray and that will sell. Especially if there's consideration of continuing the animated series of X-Men down the line. But yeah, you put those on Blu-ray, they will sell. I mean, why do you think Batman, the animated series, you know, you know, it, it you know, sold very well on upon its Blu-ray release? Because people wanted to see something like that on Blu-ray and they got it. Superman, the animated series could be next. X to be put on the Blu-ray. And you can't tell me people won't want to buy that. Same with Batman Beyond. If that's not already been put on Blu-ray. Again, the point I'm getting at in this final topic is these are shows that I've mentioned that could really benefit from a Blu-ray release in the near future, even if you're just slapping the episodes onto them to sell. And the reason why is because people... If people hear 
that, oh, the X-Men animated series, the 90s series is on Blu-ray now, even if the episodes are slapped on there, that's going to sell. Here's Sonic Saturday AM, Sonic Underground, Sonic, you know, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is on Blu-ray. That's going to sell. You know, you know, so basically, in my opinion, they go, if these shows were given this opportunity, they would sell. And I think everybody watching this and listening to this uh, via the podcast uh, affiliate affiliations would agree with that no matter what they would no matter what they would agree that basically putting these um shows on blu-ray eventually even if you're just slapping the episodes on there would help them out out in a long run it would basically bring in the moolah that some of these companies uh you know would benefit from down the line and would need probably to bounce back from what's going on right now uh, but anyway, it's going to do it for this final topic, as well as for this edition, this TGIF slash Labor Day weekend 2020 edition of Topics on My Mind, the variety slash random edition, where we just talked about certain topics that came to my mind as we were doing this live. So thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, comment below. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you to those joining me in the live chat. Thank you to those watching live. And again, let me know what you all think about what I had to say. Comment below. Thank you all for listening through the various podcast affiliates and watching live here on YouTube. And I will talk to you all later. God bless. Take care. I'm out. Peace. Stay safe. And again, have a, and also have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. God bless. <laughs>